Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Herd. It's Jason McIntyre in for Colin Cowherd. Hour number two, as I've explained already, Coward had a little bit of a travel issue. He will be back on Monday. I believe he's watching this from an airport at an undisclosed, in an undisclosed city. Um, good luck to you on the road there, Mr. Cowherd. Um, the big breaking news here that happened in the last 15 minutes, we'll talk about it with Rick Buecher shortly, is that the Phoenix Suns have announced, well, I guess they didn't announce it, but Sham Sharania announced that the Suns are going to be hiring Frank Vogel. Uh, a buddy sent me a tweet that, Like 20 minutes before they got Frank Vogel, Doc Rivers pulled his name out of contention for the Phoenix Suns job. Smart timing, uh, Doc Rivers, unless he knew what was coming. At any rate, um, I just I like Frank Vogel a lot. Um, I try. You guys know I play a lot of basketball. I talk about the men's league. Played a lot of pickup basketball during COVID. Um, And Frank Vogel lives in my neighborhood, or lived in my neighborhood, living out here in LA. And one of my neighbors, a good buddy, is like. I would see Frank Vogel out, and I, I said, can you invite him to our pickup game? Because he apparently still plays basketball. He's like, dude, he is the nicest guy, the most down-to-earth. There's no arrogance. And he was coaching the Lakers, okay? They ended up winning the title in the bubble. I'm a big Frank Vogel guy. Everybody says nice things about him. Defensive guy. He's going into a really toxic situation in Phoenix. And I know toxic is a strong word, but I'll be brief here because i got to get to an NFL list. Two things that jump out. Number one, Kevin Durant, my guy. You know, I like KD. We had a little Instagram DM bromance over the years. He he likes to throw grenades at me. That's fine. But he he responds. He's open to the discourse. I can't get over Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving saying, who needs a coach? We don't need a coach. We can just roll the ball out and play. Kevin Durant, I respect the talent. Top 15 player all time, no doubt. You need a coach, buddy. 
Like, it's undeniable. Like, go look at Philadelphia with Doc Rivers. Uh, go look at Milwaukee with Budenholzer. Coaches matter. And this idea that Frank Vogel is just going to come in, like, you, you're not going to teach Kevin Durant anything. You're not going to teach Devin Booker anything. It's the supporting cast and playing around them and maybe playing an ounce of defense because Denver, <laughs> Denver just shredded them. But this is a, a tough one for Frank Vogel. And, and I mentioned to Eddie House last hour, Vogel likes his rim protectors. With it, when he had that Laker team, they had JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis rim protecting. Um, right now it's De- De- DeAndre Ayton, Jock Landale, and Bismack Biombo. I think. I don't know that's going to cut it, and I don't know that you can really move Ayton now. So it's going to get interesting, and I do wonder if this ends or just begins the Kyrie Irving journey perhaps to Phoenix. We'll ask Rick Buecher about that shortly. But first, I, I came up with, uh, with the staff this morning. You know, we like a good list on this show. It sells well on the internet, gets people talking. So I came up with the 10 most improved teams in the NFL. We will count them down. Number 10. We'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. How about them, Cowboys? Pick up Brandon Cooks in the offseason and Stephon Gilmore. There's an argument. This is a top defense, not only in the NFL, but number one in the NFC. The talent is there. I know they lost Zeke Elliott. It's not a huge loss. Um... We'll see, maybe for Jerry Jones, but not necessarily for the Cowboys. This is a really good team. I'm not 100% sold on them with the Kellen Moore loss, but they are certainly improved as a team, adding Cooks and Gilmore. Number nine. The Detroit Lions. Now, we've been hyping them for a while here. They had a spotty draft, uh, maybe reached a bit for the kid Gibbs, the running back out of Bama, uh, and, of course, a linebacker in the first round. That doesn't make any sense. But I love the secondary additions. Cameron Sutton comes over. He's been rocking uh, Pittsburgh, among other places. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson, remember, from Philadelphia, very good uh, nickelback. This is a, I got to say, this is a Detroit team that's going to be improved. Jeff Okuda obviously gone, but they're the favorites. Uh, Well, they're not the favorites, but I think I would make them the favorites to win the division over Minnesota. Number eight. Oh, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Calvin Ridley is the sole reason they are the most improved list. So in 2020 in Atlanta, 1,300 yards receiving, nine touchdowns. Ridley is a beast. You add him to Trevor Lawrence, ETN. I mean, this is a team that they kind of pushed Kansas City there in the playoff game. Um, I, I like this Jacksonville team. You know, we'll talk about bets later in the show. It ain't the worst bet in the world to say they win the most games in the AFC. That division is just absolutely putrid. Number seven. Let's go with the Denver Broncos. Uh, what's not to love about Sean Payton? They also got uh, their offensive line added. Mike McGlinchey stole him some San, from San Fran and Ben Powers. But, you know, you could make an argument. Most improved? I, are the Broncos like top three? I had them down here at seven. I do love the Sean Payton addition. It's just the AFC is so tough. There's still a world where this team does miss the playoffs. Number six. Let's go with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, they keep him. That squabble, that uh, marriage that was on the rocks is back on. They add Odell Beckham. They arguably have, well, not arguably, they got the best wide receiver room, receiving room if you throw in the tight ends, that Lamar Jackson's ever had. Now, the new offensive coordinator, we'll see how that works out, Todd Munkin. Um, But I do think from an improved standpoint, this offense has all the pieces in place to be an 11 or 12 win team. Number five. Let's go with the New Orleans Saints. They're here for one reason, and one reason alone. Mr. Derek Carr. What's not to love about Carr? I mean, besides the fact that he was, you know, 16 games or 15 games under 500 
with the Raiders. But Carr is a massive upgrade over the poo-poo platter of quarterbacks they've had there since Drew Brees left. Carr, uh, you know, I, I think he could make a case to be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC. Now, the NFC's down on the quarterback front. It's like Jalen Hurts and what, uh, uh, Dak Prescott. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's pretty bleak. But Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr are right there in contention for number two. And I do believe Carr and the Saints, they could be a 12-13 win team. Vegas seems to be a little light on them, which is a bit of a surprise to me. Number four. Number four, Miami Dolphins. You know I do not like saying nice things about the Dolphins. As a Jets fan, I'm conditioned to dislike Miami. Dates back to that Dan Marino fake spike, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, when you add Jalen Ramsey, one of the better cornerbacks in the league, and yes, I've called him a pile inspector on the show, and he did not like that. But Jalen Ramsey's a game changer in a secondary. Uh, they're going to lose Byron Jones. Uh, the other cornerback, Xavier Howard, very good. They, they're going to have a good secondary. They're going to have a really good team. The only question is the offensive line. But from an improved standpoint, Jalen Ramsey's definitely a big add for Miami. Number three. Ah, uh, yes. Here we go. Colin Special, the L.A. Chargers. Adding Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator is immensely huge to Justin Herbert. I really do think this is a Chargers team that finally breaks through and wins a playoff game. Remember, the hype has been there for Herbert now for two years. Uh, they lose in the final game of the season to the Raiders. Herbert was extraordinary, and they missed the playoffs. Then they get to the playoffs. I think they led, was it like 27-0, 20-0, whatever it was, on the road in Jacksonville, and then blow the lead and lose the game. Listen. It's, well, I, I can't say that phrase. I was going to say something that I can't say, but it, it's time to put up or shut up, basically, for the Chargers. And I think the improvement of Kellen Moore is huge. I love the Chargers this year. Number two. You were waiting, huh? You thought the Jets would be one. They're not. The Jets are the second most improved team in the league besides Aaron Rodgers. They had Alan Lazard, Rodgers' best buddy, Randall Cobb. Love me some Miko Hardman uh, quickness. A uh, lot of junk plays. I know they lost Berrios, which hurts, but Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the most interesting ad. How motivated is that dude going to be after getting run out of Denver in like five minutes in one of the you know pretty bleakest head coaching tenures in recent NFL memory? Honestly, this was up there with the Urban Meyer disaster. It was bad for Hackett. He's motivated. Him and Rodgers have worked together previously. I think the Jets have to be the second most improved team in the NFL. Number one. Well, that leaves one team, folks. The Chicago Bears. Spend money, make money. That's like a business adage that goes back for many, many decades. And the Chicago Bears spent like drunken sailors in this offseason. But here's the good news. The last two teams to spend the most in free agency have seen an uptick of nearly four wins. The Patriots two years ago, they made the playoffs and lost. Last year, Jacksonville. This year, Chicago Bears. Here are some of the names they added. DJ Moore via trade. Dante Foreman, very good backup running back. Uh, Robert Tanyan, they stole from the Packers in the division. TJ Edwards, good linebacker. Eh, I don't love paying linebackers, but I digress. Tremaine Edmonds, another linebacker. Young, talented. This is a team that got a lot better, folks. Justin Fields has help. Remember, they got Claypool last year uh, at the deadline. So they, they got some depth on the outside. Chicago Bears. Most improved team in the league and one of my hottest takes for the upcoming NFL season. The Bears will win more games this year than the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love, and that's going to send Packers fans spiraling because they got no hope going forward. All right, coming up next, Rick Buecher will tell us if the NBA Finals are already over 
after the Nuggets blowout in game one, and we'll talk about Frank Vogel and the move by the Phoenix Suns. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening, MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all star. And speaking of all stars, All Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest, I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on The Herd, Jason McIntyre in for Colin Cowherd. Cowherd is back Monday. Our next guest is tremendous on the NBA and with breaking news. Thank you, Phoenix Suns, for giving Rick Buecher and I something to talk about. Rick Buecher, Fox Sports NBA analyst. Frank Vogel goes to the Suns, Rick. Yeah. Initial thoughts? Uh, I understand why they would do it. Uh, obviously, they need improvement on their defense. He's also, he's very much a player's coach. I heard you in the previous segment talking about what a nice guy he is. He's a really nice guy. And... This team is going to be run by the stars. It's going to be run by Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and potentially Kyrie Irving, as we discussed yesterday. And do I do I do I like it? Do I think it's going to get them where they're going to go, where they want to go, win a championship? No, I don't. I don't see that. But considering the composition, you have a brand new owner. You are kowtowing to the stars. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Frank Vogel is is going to make that worse. It, it it's the classic. I'm going to give you the exact opposite of what we had. Monty Williams is a demanding coach, um, you know, by today's standards. And Frank Vogel is not to say he's not demanding, but he's not the least bit confrontational. That was almost may have been what did Monty in because he was confrontational with Jay Crowder in terms of this is the way it's going to be. Same with DeAndre Ayton. That's why those personalities didn't mesh. This does give me pause and make me wonder whether they would rethink. And the reason that they hired uh, Frank is because he could cultivate a relationship with DeAndre Ayton, Hmm. that they are more alike personality-wise, and they may see this as the avenue to getting the best out of DeAndre. Interesting. I'm sure you saw the video from the Nugget series where Booker was standing, DeAndre Ayton on the bench, and Booker's like telling him, like, dude, you got to do that, whatever it was. Yeah. And Ayton was basically just like not interested. Chris Paul had to take Booker out of there. Yes. And it was just like, maybe the coach can salvage Ayton, but what about the player's relationship with him? Can well, that be fixed? I, I, look, I've heard players and talked to players. They don't, they don't begrudge who DeAndre is. They know who he is. Mm. He's just not a fire starter. And, uh, and so he's just got a, a, a way about him that you have to accept that's who he is and find a way how you can engage him to the best of your ability. Because the talent is there. I mean, you always have different personalities. And let's face it, uh, you know, Kevin Durant is not the most aggressive forward personality. So I... I can see it working. Um, look, you're always going to have different personalities on, on every team, and it's a matter of whether the coach can reach each, each one of them on their own terms. Uh, we'll get to the finals shortly, Rick, but um, i got to go to this John Morant stuff. Like, Adam mm. Silver, I, I know he, it was like an unintended bomb to drop, but yeah. to say, hey, we uncovered some more stuff. We're, just, we're not going to talk about it now. We'll just do it after the finals. I mean, the speculation is wild. You know, 50 games? I don't know what we're looking at. He embarrassed yeah. the league. Yeah. Minimum. Well, it's not just that he embarrassed the league. It's that he met with Adam and obviously gave him certain assurances that this won't happen again. And then it did. And Adam's not going to take that lightly. He's not the late, great David Stern, but he's also, he's going to draw the line. And... My greater concern is whatever underlying issues that job may have, those are the ones that need to be addressed. Because I've seen, this is the guy I saw go to Salt Lake City to sit uh, next to the bench to support their summer league team in Salt Lake. Now, there are plenty of star players who go to Las Vegas (laughs) to support their summer league team. I don't know. I don't. I can count on one hand the number of them that go to Salt Lake City to do that. So uh, there's so much about Jaw that uh, that is contrary to all of these incidents that we've heard that I think that there has to be more going on here than meets the eye. And I knew from the very start that going down to Florida for a couple of days of counseling <laughs> and stress management wasn't going to be the answer to this problem. Whatever it is, 50 games, the entire season, whatever it is, I just hope that it is let's deal with the issue and not just have a punishment and hope that Ja gets it. Like He's, he's too great a player. Uh, he has too much value to the league. Uh, he could set such a great example 
for for young players and kids who might find themselves facing the same challenge. I, I this goes back to I remember Rasheed Wallace and mm. and any number of players who come from a certain background, and we can go back and forth whether that quali- whether Ja qualifies for that. But they come from a certain background, and they're told, "Don't forget who you are," um, which is interpreted as don't forget where you came from. Yeah. Don't turn your back on the people or don't change your behavior. What, just because you're in the NBA and got money? And yeah. the, reali- the harsh reality is, yeah, you're in a different circle now. You have to behave differently. You have to hang out with different people. You have to conduct yourself in a different way because you're in the NBA. But that, for guys who want to be true to themselves... That's a really difficult juxtaposition to be in. I think that's the dumbest thing ever. This idea that, hey, don't forget where you came from, man. That, that's well, stupid. Well, but, you would agree, right? But the flip, side, the flip side of it is you're being introduced to all these brand new people from a culture that you are not familiar See, that's with. That's fair. And you're being, you trust these people. And how many guys, how many players have well, we seen who've been to, screwed over yes, by financial people who just want to take advantage of yeah. them? Well, what, what do you think? Jaws getting screwed over by his friends. Hey, I'm going to get on Understood. social media. And then his friend goes live where Jaws hanging out with a gun. Like, yeah. yeah no, no, no. Up, you're supposed to grow up and mature, right? Are you not? For sure. Yeah. But when you hand, <laughs> you hand somebody in their early 20s, yeah. I mean, J Mac, I was a mess, and I, I didn't have thirty million. million. And me too. Like you handed me yeah. two hundred million dollars, yeah, and all of the fame that the NBA brings at age twenty-two. Yeah. And I didn't grow up like you know, uh, middle class, lower middle class, but like I, I had good role models growing up. I still, uh, chances are, I would have made the papers or the. The headlines. Good thing there was no uh, social media. When oh, we were younger, thank right? goodness. Yes, I'm sure everybody thank says Thank goodness it. Uh, I didn't make my $200 million then. Uh, let's go to the finals. Um, I don't know. Can I say it was a bloodbath last night? I mean, it, <laughs> it was never close, Rick. Like, yeah. that game was... I, I never got a sense Miami had a chance. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I would love to make a case that the extra day off before... You know, they got an extra Friday and Saturday off for... Right. Um, before game two, right? Can Jimmy Butler conjure up a forty-two point game to to salvage this series? Because Denver just looks so confident, man. Yeah, but look, I, I said it going in, and I was I was kind and said I thought that Denver would win in five. Um, I'm still sticking with that, but after watching last night, all the things that I thought were going to come true, they 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 just have all the things that Boston did not. You saw that, like, the the zone. They just sliced and diced that. Yeah. Miami didn't try it until Jokic was off the floor. And Christian Smart. Brown and, and Jeff Green got into the middle of the zone. They got the ball there. They kicked it back out to threes. They did enough. And then they even tried it against Jokic, and he showed you exactly how he can slice and dice it. So I would say that what I would expect, and this is now you're going to extremes. Um Either either play Kyle Lowry on Jokic and single cover him <laughs> and, and say, Jokic, go ahead and we're going to let you try to beat it. We're going to stay home on everybody else. We're going to put Aaron uh, or we're going to put Bam out of bio on Aaron Gordon because that was, I mean, Gabe Vincent on Aaron Gordon. That just set the, that set the tone. Um, but they're going to have to do something extraordinary. Or you start Cody Zeller oh, on, on Jokic oh and you move. 
uh, and you move Bam over. But I, I just, well, he, it's going to take some something very creative, and even that, I'm not sure is going to work. It's going to take work. like an act of God for Miami. No, no. In all seriousness, uh, Heat fans are trying to sell me on social media. Hey, Highsmith was really good. They unlocked something with Highsmith. Maybe he's kind of like a fire hydrant. I think that slotty. was a joke. I really think that was a joke. I, I would hope it would. It, be. I think it was. I think that was a play off of the Rui Hachimura. Yeah, remember? Oh, baby, yes, at yes. the end, at Michael the end Malone, of, at yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you know what? The Lakers found something. I, I mean, Lakers fans legitimately thought they had. In fact, n- not even Lakers fans. I mean, I think I heard people on other networks, not this one. They were talking about how the Rui thing was. You know, Rui, Rui was the answer to to oh, Nikola was, Jokic. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Yeah. So uh, the other thing Miami fans are hanging their hat on, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, the undrafted stars. Yeah. Two for 23 shooting. That's not going to happen again, Rick. All they have to do is hit like 40%, and this is a game. Yeah, but here's the problem. You're facing a, um, first of all, just because of the composition of, of, of the Nuggets and the length and the size that they have, their defensive players can press up uh, on the perimeter in a way that Boston couldn't or didn't. And so the, they weren't missing just because they weren't the, uh, not they weren't all wide open. They were far more contested than the shots that they were getting against Boston because for any number of reasons, part of it being that the zone wasn't working and they weren't getting the same transition looks on on missed shots. Um, but this is also the danger when we were ready to anoint Caleb Martin <laughs> as being on the level of Jimmy Butler, well, right? He's the next Steph Curry, right? Or Clay yeah, Thompson, I one mean, of those guys? Yeah. Just like slow down when a guy has a great series against a particular opponent or even a couple of series. I mean, he's been, he's been good yeah, and no, he's certainly good. made himself a lot of money, but there is the test of facing different opponents, different challenges that a player must pass before you can anoint them being at yeah. a certain level. And then, you know, and then there's just Jimmy. Like, uh, or the fact that they didn't get to the free throw line. And well, that, that Jimmy didn't get to the free throw eight line. Eight fouls called on Denver. Somebody speculating, uh, again, just NBA guy speculating. Time for the NBA to call in Scott Foster. Get but, the cooler in there. Get some, get some free throws for the heat. Yeah, but if you watch the game, and I, I watched the game with my daughter. She's a huge Jimmy Butler and. Jimmy Butler before he blew up, blew up just now. Always a Jimmy Butler fan uh, and a Miami Heat fan. And I and she was she goes like, two free throws. I said, like, "Do you remember any calls where you said, oh, that was a foul?'" The Miami Heat weren't attacking the rim. Gabe Vincent said it at the end of the first quarter, like, "We need to put pressure on the rim." But when you're playing against guys that are equally athletic and bigger yeah. and longer. Good luck getting to the rim and Port- getting a shot. Porter had a couple nice blocks. That was, I mean, I think Caleb Martin beat him to the hoop, and that was a layup against Boston. And Porter just smacked it against the backboard. It's, You're like, wow. It, it, it is. I, I again, it's why I felt that the Denver Nuggets not only uh, were were massively uh, underrated going into these playoffs, and 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 certainly going into the last series and into this one, but I, I. We're looking at potentially the next dynasty, yeah. if you will, because they're young, they're athletic, the, 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 they got the right coach, the chemistry is good, 
and Nikola Jokic ain't going anywhere. Yeah, you look at the contracts, and it's like Murray's locked in, Gordon's locked in. The only guy they could lose is Bruce uh, Brown, who I like a lot. I think yep. he's a very yep. good player, yep. knows his role. Uh, but Christian Brown's evolving. Jeff Green is a veteran. Like, they, they don't have a weakness. 13-3 and three in the playoffs, and when they get up by double digits, they're 11-0. and 0. So they know how to just choke you out. Like, yeah. you, you know don't what, come back against this team. You know really. what this is going to do is I think it's going to bring back seven-foot, 250-pound centers on every roster. There's going to be a spot for them now. Because what have we seen with Jokic? Like, how do you match up with... The, the, the Miami Heat don't have anybody. The, the Golden State Warriors don't have anybody. Um, you can make the case that even with Anthony Davis, like the, the Lakers, what, who are they turning to? Uh, teams just haven't equipped their rosters with they, plenty of seven-footers that are... 220, 230 pounds. And can chew gum at the same time and run. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's Anthony Davis. <laughs> if you're going to defend Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid, you're going to need somebody who's got, a, is athletic, but is going to need a little more or has a little more heft. So I think, I think what we could see with Jokic uh, to a great extent and Embiid to a lesser extent is once more, this is like the Draymond Green effect. Right, you had a a a power forward mm. who was skilled and could defend bigger players, and then get out on the break. Now you're going to need. Uh, I think you're going to see rosters trying to find that that seven foot guy that can defend the Jokic's and Embiid's for the teams that are interested in playing for a title. Are there any more Plumley brothers out there that we don't know about? I guess we'll we'll, we'll yeah. find out. Uh, Zeller, yeah. Zeller's yeah. big. Um, Jokic's brothers may, may, <laughs> may get birds. a job. Yeah. Uh, hey, real, so last one. I got to ask about this Nick Nurse situation. So yes. Nick Nurse, disciplinarian, holds players accountable, yeah. um, stresses defense. Yes. It's like James, those are things that James Harden does not click with and vibe with as the young kids would say out there. I, yeah. I, I'm sure you saw the press conference. It was a little contentious. Um, I, it didn't sound like Harden's like, we need James Harden back here. He's like, I want James Harden back. Sure, yeah, I'll take him. Yeah, because it's, I mean, one, it's not up to him. Two, he's walking into a situation well, where... wait a minute. What do you mean less, it's not up? You don't think he could just say, hey, James, I'm here now. I want you. You're my guy. Please stay. And then Daryl Morey ponies up. Like, no, this was it, not a no, love no, no. letter. The, the, rela- the relationship between James Harden and Daryl Morey is has been going on for years and that will be stronger than anything that Nick Nurse is ever able to accomplish. I will say if there's anybody and again I understand the hiring here um I don't think he's as harsh. He's not Scott Skiles. He's not Tom <laughs> Thibodeau, right? Wow, he's, look at those references. He's yeah. he's um it, this is the guy who made it work with Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard and like OG and an OB. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, a number of different guys and I and I love the way he handled the the Raptors this past year like I looked at them and I thought I thought they would have a better record than they did but he got everything that he could out of them they didn't have a closer that's what they needed and the fact that James is or can be I think that Nick will appreciate that my my bottom line is I think Nick has the ability to reach different guys in different ways do you think and if Daryl decides that James and James decides that he wants to stay, mm-hmm. I, there's a part of me that thinks that this this is all a smokescreen to get money, right? Not only to get money, but to keep the NBA off of the Philadelphia's back. Because if you remember, uh, James signed a team friendly deal for this year. Oh, he could have right. he could have demanded so they more. Could afford, um, 
So the uh, PJ Tucker. PJ, there you go. Yes. Thank you. So he he. Well, that's cap. If if James was promised, we're going to take care of you oh. down the line. That's cap circumvention, and the league was aware of it. So this all all this innuendo of he's going to go someplace else, and he doesn't know, and I want my freedom, and uh, you know what. I'm, I'm not sold that it's not just a cover so that when he re-signs that's, with Philadelphia, the NBA doesn't come down that's on good. him. That's good. I like that. Now, um, I will say Harden notoriously likes to stay out at night and party. <laughs> yes. Fred Van Vliet, who was his guy, Nick Nurse's guy in Toronto, yeah. also eligible to be moved. Like, do you think Nick Nurse would rather have James Harden or Fred Van Vliet? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know because I, I said don't... Nurse, not, not Maury, because we know who Maury would rather yes, have Harden. Yes. That's his guy. yes. That's a great question. I, I would think Van Vliet just because he's got an established relationship yeah. with him. Um, You've been to Philly a lot. I lived outside of Philly. Fred Van Vliet is more Philadelphia than James Harden will ever be. I would agree with that. Yeah, and like I'm a big Fred Van Vliet fan. Yeah, bullish. Um, I want the Lakers to go after him, but that but he's, but, he, but he is. I mean, his size and his ability to get his shot. He's an overachiever in what he's been. Give me an overachiever all day. Over an underachiever in the postseason, like I'm Harden. with you. I'm with you. But if you ask me, if you ask me who can score more easily with the game on the line, I'm going to give you James Harden, ten out of ten times. I, I, I love what Van Vliet has made himself into. But if you're giving me one or the other to close a game, uh, it's not a hard choice. Yeah. I'm going to ask. Um, where was Harden in Game Six and Seven in that uh, uh, Philly look, Boston series? I'm not responsible like, for what he does. He was, he was I'm just telling Carton, what he right? could do. I know. I know. I, he, listen, he won two games for them in the series. Literally in the final, yeah. What thirty I mean, seconds? He, look, yeah, he showed you in game one what he's capable of. When you've experienced that, boy, it's awfully hard to give up to that. Now, I mean, you're constantly going to go. Can I just get one more? Can yeah, I just if get he one can more? give you two, and then Embiid can win you a game. I don't know. Did Embiid win any games for them in that series? Yeah. Oh, let me, he was hurt again. Yeah. <sighs> the conditioning, Rick. One of my favorite videos. That so went around during the postseason against the Nets was Joel Embiid falling down, and he just kept hitting the deck like every other possession. He's just falling down, barely getting touched. Do you think that kind of stuff is going to work with Nick Nurse? Come on, man! I, I'm just telling you. Well, I, I, we see that across the league. It's one of my great issues is that guys fall down, and if they don't get the call, they stay. It's down. five on four <laughs> exactly. going the other way, like. Yeah. That part of the game, you know, Jeff Van Gundy is suggesting all these changes. That's yeah. what I want to change. I didn't even Let's stop the- every time we shoot the ball, every time we go anywhere, we're just going to we're gonna fall down hoping to get a call. That's what I want eliminated. Kinda, that's my, I, I that's hard, my wish. What, what was Van Gundy, out on halftime or something like that? I saw something about, or resetting yes, the fouls? Yes, yes, five minutes for halftime max. And, so you don't, shoot, pl- and don't shoot free throws uh, uh, until the last four minutes. Just give the points when there's a foul. Wait, what's, what is the halftime thing about? I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just to keep it moving. Oh, yeah. Guys who load manage want to take off games, well, back-to-back. The, now you give it a shrinking halftime? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to run LeBron out of the league. Because between getting rid of halftime and no free throws, like that was part of the Lakers' secret. Like <laughs> We got to get to the free throw line. Yes. Everybody can rest. Let's score from there. We don't want to go up yeah. and down. That's part of what's, what 
Denver did to run them out of the series. All right, Rick Buecher, Fox Sports NBA analyst. He'll be on Speak for Yourself later? Yes. Let's yes, uh, just speak. Speak, speak, speak. Yes. I don't know why I said yes. that. Yes, abbreviation. Yes. Speak later on. Uh, all right, coming up next, it's never too early to look ahead to week one of the NFL season. I already have my five best bets for NFL week one. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental health podcast. And each week, we try to help turn our mental health issues into mental wealth. And we dive in with everyone from the world of sports and entertainment, like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. So each week, listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. Baseball fans, you still have a chance at $10,000 this weekend playing Fox Bet Super 6. Download the free Super 6 app on your phone and enter your six weekend baseball predictions for a chance at the jackpot. I'm sure Dodgers-Yankees will be in that Super 6 mix. 
I did not get tickets for Dodgers-Yankees. I think it's a resting weekend for me. Back-to-back days on the herd, coming off a trip to Paris. It's going to be a little, a little rest for the weary. Oh, except I'm playing in a soccer tournament Sunday. You know, good luck to me on that. All right. So, you guys know, uh, well, people will follow my podcast, um, follow me on the radio show. So, I've been uh, doing this NFL gambling contest. I would You go to Vegas. You have to sign up in Vegas. That's the only way to do it. Where every week you have to pick five games. And the winner at the end of the season gets like three million bucks or whatever. Um, and they place like the top 50 guys. So I've been doing this for like seven years. I've had two really good runs, just missed out on the money. And it's the most challenging gambling thing ever. So to get myself ready this year for the contest, I've already looked at week one and I was breaking down the lines last night for week one during the heat nugget snoozer. So I have my five early picks. Now, obviously, this is subject to change, injuries, blah, blah, blah. But five games right now that jump out at me in week one. Here we go. First game is the 49ers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers getting three points. Okay, there's a couple obvious gambling adages. Number one, um, you got to love in week one teams that did not make the playoffs the prior year versus teams that did. Why? Because the gambling public just saw that one team make the playoffs. They're good. The other team, they didn't make the playoffs. They're not good. And the casual gambler will gravitate, the public will gravitate toward that team. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers getting points. Mike Tomlin, who is an awesome coach as an underdog, awesome at home. Um, I don't know who's starting at quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, Pittsburgh fans, I just went on social media during the commercial break, and I saw you're upset that I didn't have Pittsburgh as one of the most improved teams. The good news is I've been hyping them in the show for the longest time. They are a playoff team. I think they win outright week one against the Niners. I don't care if it's Lance, Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, Steve Young, Joe Montana. It doesn't matter. Give me the Steelers getting three at home against San Fran in week one. Next up, Bears-Packers. Okay, I gave the Bears a lot of love in this show, Chicago. Don't think I don't love you. So, bears are favored by two and a half against the Packers. And I think that line's going to catch a lot of people by surprise. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Packers are dogs against the Bears? Doesn't Aaron Rodgers own the the Bears? Remember, he would celebrate with I own you in the belt. Well, Aaron Rodgers is not there anymore. And as I said earlier, most improved team in the league, Chicago Bears. The Bears spent a ton of money. Justin Fields, continuity with his offensive coordinator. There's a lot of newness on that Green Bay offense. I just don't know what I'm getting from Jordan Love. I think the Bears win at home. And I think I love them not having to uh, pay the premium of three. Under a field goal, Bears two and a half. That's my second bet that I like in week one. Next up, I'm going to go back to uh, a tried and true measure in week one. Are you ready for this? Week one home underdogs in the division. Going back about 17 years are hitting over 70% in week one. So it's home divisional underdogs. Cleveland Browns at home. I know they're facing the Bengals. This also applies to, hey, the Bengals, yeah, they, uh, they made the AFC Championship game last year. The Browns, oh, they stink. Go ask anybody. The Browns stink. Deshaun Watson, he's washed. Stefanski, hot seat. Give me the Browns, baby. Listen, I don't know why the Browns' win total this year is nine and a half. Vegas knows something, and I think Kevin Stefanski catches the Bengals napping here. Uh, Joe Burrow, by the way, the staff came up with a stat. One and four in his career against the Browns. Give me Cleveland. Plus two and a half in the opener. Next up, and this is another one, 
Divisional home underdog, New York Giants, getting three against the mighty Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Giants didn't make the playoffs, but everybody thought it was kind of a just a luck box season. And it was kind of sort of lucky. Daniel Jones looked competent under Brian Dable. Um, the Cowboys were the better team, obviously. I like the Giants getting three, a full field goal here. I'm not a believer in Mike McCarthy. You guys know that. I know this Cowboys defense will be good, but I trust Dable to do enough to get the win or cover here. Giants, by the way, have Darren Waller added at tight end. And keep an eye on the kid Jalen Hyatt. Some very positive early reviews on the wide receiver from Tennessee. I like the Giants getting three against Dallas. And finally, what would a segment on the NFL and gambling be by me, Jason McIntyre, without the Jets and the Buffalo Bills? Yes, the Jets in prime time. Now, this game opened at, I think it was two and a half or three. Jets were dogs. Instant money comes in on the Jets. They're one and a half point underdogs against Buffalo. Under the lights, MetLife, week one, the Aaron Rodgers debut, national TV game. Folks, I'm... I'm excited for this. It's June, and I cannot wait. The Jets finally have a franchise quarterback, and I'm betting the Jets here getting one and a half. And I know Buffalo Bills fans are going to, oh, you killed the Bills yesterday. Just hang tight, hang tight. The Jets last year did really well against Josh Allen. They won one game outright, and I'm fairly certain Zach Wilson was the quarterback. And then they covered the spread in Buffalo. Allen, he struggled against his Robert Sala defense. Jets are for real this year, guys. You can deny it all you want. You can hate the Jets because I like them. I get it. But they are going to cover against the Bills in week one. Now, I do want to go on to something about Buffalo that I talked about yesterday. Okay, I do believe they are under a lot of pressure. Obviously, McDermott, you know, you don't want to regress. And they fell back a little last year. Despite the awesome point differential and the 13-3 and record, what have you done for me lately? And in the postseason, not good. Scored 10 points at home. Now, here's the problem. Albert Breer said something yesterday that I had totally missed in my analysis of the Bills going forward. And listen, as much as I love my own opinion and I think I'm always right, I am open to altering my opinion when I get new information. And this isn't necessarily new, but it was just totally overlooked by me. And it's what Albert Breer said yesterday about the Buffalo Bills. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Here's Breer yesterday. I think they were dealing with a lot more than people remember. You know, at the end of last year, and I think that was an emotionally and physically worn out football team. Twice that team was displaced towards the end of the year because of snowstorms. And then the DeMar Hamlin situation, obviously that weighed on everybody in the organization. This is a team that that thinks it's being slept on right now that I think is going to come back refreshed. You know, I think you're going to get a quarterback who's going to be in better health going into the year than he was at the end of last year. I actually like where Buffalo is going into this season even though they're much more under the radar than they were last year. It's pretty damn good. Now, I've known Breer for a long time. I've read his stuff. I had totally forgotten about they were displaced, and I'm remembering it was the Thanksgiving week. They had to play two games in four days. Now, Jason, how can you forget that? Well, A, I'm not a Bills fan, but B, they won both those games. They beat the Browns, and then uh, on uh, Thanksgiving, they beat the Lions. And it was like, okay, they won both those games. Easy to forget when Buffalo was really freaking good last year, 13-3. and three. Uh, They lost to the Dolphins in that crazy game that they were actually the better team uh, back in September. Then they lost to my Jets. And then they had that brutal loss to the Vikings, which, folks, 
Uh, let's be realistic. That was one of the luckiest wins of the season for anybody. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson, was it Justin Jefferson who had that amazing catch? I think it was him on fourth and like 19. Come on, Iowa Sam, you remember. Justin, Je- I mean, it was everywhere on the internet. It was like one of the catches of the year. And the Vikings pull it out in overtime. There was like a, a goal line screw up. Unbelievable game. But I forgot about the displacement. Obviously, you can't forget the Hamlin stuff. And it's just one of those, mo- it was one of those moments where I was like, damn. Maybe I overlooked some things on the Bills. And I was reading too much into that loss to the Bengals, which was embarrassing. Now, I did have the Bengals in that game, picked them on this show. It was just tough for me to get over scoring a whopping 10 points at home with one of the greatest offenses in the league. Against the defense is not... I don't think that Bengals defense was anything great. And now you go into a season where Buffalo Bill fans may not want to hear it, but McDermott's on the hot seat. And oh, by the way, they lost Dayball. Josh Allen predicted to win the MVP, did not, had a good season. I don't want to anger anybody. But if you ask Josh Allen, did you have a great season? I'm curious as to what he would say because he was the favorite to win the MVP award. And his numbers, the counting numbers were good. But I wonder if he considers it a disappointment because he laid an egg along with the offense in the playoffs against Cincinnati. But I wanted to bring that up. I know Colin does his thing on... I think Mondays or Tuesdays, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. And um, I'm not saying I'm wrong on the Bills. I'm saying perhaps I overlooked some things. All right, coming up in the final hour, can anyone slow down the Joker? Plus, Chris Broussard stops by. Jay Mackin for Colin, the herd. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 